0: Like jobs that I'm interested in. Right. The other great thing about using 10 street to apply for a job is that fact that that driver can go to that one place and driver pulls and they can really, they can apply to, you know, over 3,500 carriers. You know what I mean? With one, um, application,
1: Another episode of
2: Just Truck It
1: with Sean and Silla. This time, we got some really great speaker. She's amazing. Sean, let us know who this woman is. So
2: um, I I met this uh, this individual uh, uh, a long time ago when I was uh, running a truck driving school. Um, I I dealt with her uh, hiring drivers out of the school. Um, I've also dealt with her after the fact when um, she went to another company uh, called Ten Street, and they're very cr- crucial to the trucking industry. That company, because pretty much a majority of all your trucking companies use them for your application. So you fill out an application with one company. Um, typically it's through an Nutella app, which is basically 10 streets application for that carrier. And it's basically a dashboard for that company to use, to be able to, you know, kind of get your information, be able to run things, get things taken care of. They can get stuff done, uh, behind the scenes. And so it, it's such a big, in, you know, a, a great company and, um, Marilyn, uh, is going to be joining us today, and uh, sh- she's a very key, important role there, um, getting companies onboarded, um, helping train drivers, train companies. She goes and deals with a lot of the uh, issues and problems at uh, conventions and associations uh, in the trucking industry and helping solve them. Um, so we're going to be bringing on Marilyn.
1: Yes, she gives us lots of information uh you know, like he said, 10th Street conventions, what to look for, so much more. And if you have any questions for her about 10th Street or about anything she speaks of, just comment below. Let us know. We'll definitely get her back on so she can answer it for you, as well as subscribe above. And can't wait for you guys to listen up.
2: Absolutely. And make sure you leave comments about any other topics you'd like for us to discuss. Yes. But here we go with Marilyn.
1: Marilyn. Well, thank you for joining us. So how did you get into the trucking industry and what type of roles have you held?
0: Well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you guys today. I um, got into the trucking industry in 2008. So I graduated from college. And I was looking for a big girl job, you know, I finished up an internship after I graduated. And I was like, Okay, um, what's this rec- driver recruiter thing? You know, I can call truck drivers, you know, sure. So I went, started working at mountain truck lines as a lead generator, which is like really the entry level job in recruiting, you know, we call it dialing for dollars you know you're just you're calling as many applications as you can trying to take as many applications as you can and have as many drivers show up in orientation on Monday as you can so um, that was my first job that's how I got into it it didn't take me long and I just really um, fell in love with the game if you will I love truck drivers you know and I love and it I just loved it it was a great fit for me to be talking to them all day and hiring them and you know taking their applications. And so that's where I started. And I grew up, you know, in in the recruiting department and moved into um, a corporate uh, training coordinator role where I was responsible for... Um, corporate training and also driver training. So developing those materials and making videos and, you know, those types of things. So got to spend a really a lot of time, you know, learning about how to train drivers. I spent a lot of days and weeks, early mornings and driver orientation, you know, just seeing how drivers learn and what the best thing was and recording a lot of videos and, you know, learning so much about our industry and just about drivers. And, um, and then I moved into um, an employee services manager role, which is where I met Sean Um, And started our um, field recruiting program and we started a um, a national department of labor um, veteran apprenticeship program, um, you know, and did a lot of stuff there in that role. I worked. um, I was in charge of our corporate communications and like our social media and also driver retention. And then I spent a lot of time working on our office side, too, and hiring Um, I was responsible for our corporate recruiting and corporate training and all like corporate events and all of those types of things. So I spent a lot of time with drivers, but also with the folks inside of an organization that support drivers. You know, and I've been at 10th Street now for two and a half years, and um, that's been great for me. I've loved it. And I get to really work in a more Um, broader capacity now for the industry as a whole. I spend a lot of time, you know, working with associations and working on industry issues, you know, that impact our company, impact our clients, but also impact our industry and drivers as a whole. Um, I also work um, on our driver training library. So we have a a library of almost 200 training titles um, that we've created in the last um, year and a half. We're, you know, really since COVID started, we've created it. And so, um, we're really proud of that. And I get to work with a lot of clients and prospects and help them, um, with their driver orientation and kind of digitize that and get that set up. What does that orientation process look like? Um, I get to work with our product team and, you know, kind of developing safety ideas and, you know, how does that, how does the system work? Um, really from a driver lifecycle nose to tail perspective to make it work for companies. Um, so just a lot of really fun stuff. You know, I'm really lucky, um, I think, in the role that I have now. And I was really lucky in the role I had at Melton to just get to um, work in this industry. I love it. I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. So thanks wow. for letting me share it.
2: Yeah, you, you've got you've actually done quite a bit. I know for the industry, um, you've been really involved with the trucking associations, conventions, <laughs> um, you know, mm-hmm. just all around. Really in depth in, into the trucking industry and learning mm-hmm. and helping, yeah, appreciate it. So, <laughs> I, I mean, with that being said, I know you've like you we just said you've done a lot of those. And um, what are some in, interesting things that you've learned, and what are you excited about?
0: Yeah, so it's really and it's that's a great question. And so when I, you know, Mountain Truck Lines is a large flatbed carrier. You know, they have over a thousand trucks. And so when I spent, you know, my time there, I kind of didn't even kind of really think on it with any type of regularity about trucking companies that were smaller than that. You know, you just kind of assume, oh yeah, there's big trucking companies and this is what happens. So coming to 10th Street has really helped me broaden my understanding of our industry as a whole. And a lot of those associations have helped me. And what I um, really have learned and really enjoyed um, getting to know is what's interesting is I think that trucking is local. Um, you know, we have these national associations and these national meetings. And I think that's amazing. And it's great. And it's huge. It's um, great networking. And it's great to be able to share the local issues or the regional issues that are impacting you. But when you go to these state trucking association meetings, and, you know, there, you're really meeting with, you know, Joe Smith of Joe Smith trucking, right, who has, you know, maybe 10 or 20 trucks, and he has real issues that are impacting him that some larger carriers that may not even make it to our radar, you know, at a larger carrier, because we already have, we got people for that. You know, we already have all of those, you know, processes and those kinds of things in place. And so, and like the issues that they're combating locally, you know, with their local DMVs and, you know, local licensing agencies. And what does that look like? And that has really been um, fascinating to me. And I think um, so cool, you know, so cool about our industry is that it really is like, when you go, they, they, there's certain things that are impacting our clients and our drivers, you know, um, and schools, you know, you guys deal with that, you know, in certain, even certain counties are different, right? And so just, I think that's fascinating and learning about what all those different issues are and then how do we support at a national level, right? Um, those issues that really they impact you locally, but it feeds up to impact us all if we don't deal with that at a local level.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know that you've kind of talked about, you know, 10th Street.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So explain to us, you know, a, a driver, he obviously fills out an application for a trucking company. Um, can you tell us what happens like behind the scenes? Like what is right? What is DAC? What is 10th Street involvement with this? How, how, how does this affect a driver, whether they're experienced, what's what's
0: the inside school yeah yeah no that's great yeah let me give you the let me give you the 411 on that um so yeah you're filling out an intel app the first time you fill out fill out an intel app which is hopefully you know for new entrants into our industry hopefully that's at truck driving school that you're filling out an intel app um the reason why you want to fill out an intel app is because it lets you build your own profile and that leads us to what happens behind the scenes right so once you fill out an application for a carrier. Um, they have your information, you send it, you say, yes, I want to apply to carrier XYZ, you get all that information, then the carrier has your full Intel app, which is great, because they can see a whole picture of you, right? And you want them to have that picture of you, because you want them to know can they hire you or not, right? You're trying to get a job. So the more information you can put on that application in the beginning, the more, um, the better decisions, I guess, the recruiter can make about what, you know, whether they can hire you or not. So that's first things first, what's happening on the scene. They're getting all of that application and they're saying based on what they initially see, right? Likely what's next. Can they move forward? And, if they can move forward, what does that look like? And that's where all of those other things come into place. If they say, oh yeah, this guy's Intel app looks great. He's got all this information, you know, blah, blah, blah. They might go ahead and run that DAC report, you know, or the, the word that you hear. So we often hear the word DAC in our industry. And that usually just refers to employment history, right? And verifying a driver's employment history. There is an actual report that is a DAC report that is ran through HireRight, right? So only companies who report their termination information to higher right will show up on your DAC report. Okay. Okay. And so um, most companies... Um, they might use Higher right to run that report. There's also other companies like DriverIQ, mm-hmm. Assurant, IIX, ISB Global, you know, that they can use to run those background reports. That's not a DAC report, but it's still often referred to as a DAC report. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, I think uh, I'll
2: that up for everyone.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so how 10th Street is connected to that is we're integrated with those companies I just mentioned. So we don't actually um, run the reports or anything. We're the plumbing so that recruiters can go out and get that, those reports in their dashboard without ever having to log out of 10 Street, right? We don't want them to have to, you know, go to different places and manually, you know, upload information. Now, so depending on what those reports are, are and what those integrations look like, um, you know, you can get those reports delivered back to your dashboard. You know, but what, what 10 Street will do is we're also integrated like with FNCSA for the PSP. So you can run your, you know, we will, um, you can run your PSP report through our system. And so that's also something that a company has to run to hire a driver, right? So it may be at a different stage of the process than hire right, you know, or their DAC, you know, their DAC report, but they still have to do that.
1: Um yeah. And you mentioned PSP. Can you elaborate on what that is? Yes.
0: So PSP, and I'm going to have to look up what that acronym stands for, because I haven't had who say that in a long time, but uh, the PSP is a report that um, shows all of the DOT violations that a driver has. Okay. And so it's a report. So the difference between that and like an MVR report is that it will show inspection information, right? So, if and or um, warnings. So if a driver gets pulled over roadside, that's on their PSP report. May not be on their MVR. Right. If they didn't get a ticket, it's not on their MVR. Right. And and it's like um,
2: you know out of service, overweight. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, you know, like it, it pretty much shows all the accidents. Like they got into an accident. Yeah. Uh, um, it shows all of those informations because right. the government has that behind the scenes. Right. So every time you as a truck driver get something that affects you because your MVR is more for your personal like your car, right. whereas the, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for the business, for the job.
0: And that's because of CSA. Important. So CSA, yeah. So CSA was established um, by FMCSA and that what CSA did, and that does stand for compliance, safety, accountability. And what that did was issue, a score to every carrier, right, based on certain basic categories, and also a score to every driver based on their own personal history, right? So that's important to you as a driver so that you know, you don't want to be working for a company that has bad equipment, because then you might get equipment violations. And that, even when you leave that company, you still keep those violations on your PSP report, Okay, so that, that's good to know. Yeah, those things stay with you because you're responsible. If you get a ticket um, while you're driving the vehicle, you're responsible for that. And so that stays on your PSP report. So you want to know
2: future employment, right?
0: Right. And so the next employer is going to review that and say, "Why do you have these overweight tickets?" you know? And so it's important that you know what uh, company scores are, you know, before you go to work there.
1: How long does it stay on a PSP or how long does it, you know, I know tickets and accidents, things like that, or sometimes, you know, at least as long as it's more than three years back, then everybody can usually work with something. Um, How about a PSP? Does it, is there like a freight?
0: So so they do roll off. You know, so okay. this in the severity, they have weights. There's points. So it's like the severity of it goes down as time goes on. So that's good. Um, um and I think that companies, when they're looking at it for the most part, are just looking at it in the same time frame of things as they are, you know, tickets and things that would be on an MBR, you know, but they do eventually, I think it's, I think it's three years, you know, that they actually come off of that report. Um, so they don't, it doesn't show like you're forever, like you're mbr right. Okay. It doesn't stay with you forever, which is good.
2: <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, and, and what advice would you say that you, you think drivers should know when it comes to the whole, you know, what, what you do with 10 Street and what you see and what you're involved in and what are some of the issues the trucking companies are dealing with, you know, uh, with, with drivers?
0: Yeah. Um, so what I think drivers should know is um, to ask different questions, you know, than then what are the basic things, right? I think that we all know that we want to get paid and we want to drive a nice equipment and we want to have good home time. And of course we do, you know, and you should certainly ask about that. But I think like finding out, you know, think about why you're leaving the company that you're at or why you left. What are those reasons outside of your pay? You probably didn't leave, right? Just because of pay, There's probably something else or just because of home time or just because of benefits or whatever your primary issue that you can identify. You know, I would say, think about what are the other reasons? What other things happened that pissed you off at that company? And ask, ask how those things are at that company. And I would also um, talk to two recruiters at the same company.
1: Okay, why is that?
0: Um, Because I think that we sometimes forget like where, you know, when we're talking to a lot of recruiters, you know, that we sometimes we forget like which where we're getting that different information. And so we get it overlapping. So once you have it narrowed down to maybe like your top two or three, then talk to somebody else at that same company. And just hear the differences, you know, the nuanced differences in, you know, what they might have to say. But then also to solidify and ask your questions that what you think you're signing up for, you know, is is, is what you're signing up for. And hearing that a second time from a second person, I think, can help you feel better, you know, just about that decision.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, So you don't feel like you're being sold on something.
0: Right.
2: Yeah,
1: you're you're hearing everything
0: and people say things in different ways. Right. So I might say it and you might not hear it, Sean, you know, but if someone else says it, then you hear it just fine. You know, it's and and I think that that's very real, you know, and so I think when you can ask the questions a second time to a different person, you just learn more. I mean, I talk about trucking all day, every day, and I still learn something new or say something new every day, you know, so I think that. You know, just having those conversations and like, rest assured, the recruiter wants to talk to you. So never feel like you're bothering the recruiter, they want to hear from you. So engage. The other thing I would say about the process is if you're, if a company assigns you something before you are supposed to go to work there, go do the work that they've assigned you. Get engaged, do your pre orientation, set yourself apart, start the company on a good note. You know, and that yeah, really I mean, does go a long way.
2: Yeah, you, you don't, definitely don't want them chasing you for things like, did you get this done? Did you get that done? It doesn't look good. And then they already have that taste in their mouth. Like, oh, let right. go with this one.
0: Yeah, right. And so, you know, and then, you know, what I would say about how to use 10th Street is, you know, if you have the Driver Pulse app, build your profile so that it's really easy for you to, to, Supply, supply those things for a company when they ask. You can store your training certificates right there in Pulse. You can store a copy of your CDL, you know, in your physical and all of those documents. You can store them there so that when a company asks, all you have to do is just send it over through Pulse. And so make it easy. Yeah.
2: I'm so glad you brought that up because I, I do think that's a, a, a huge thing for drivers is the um, ability for ten Street. I, I know that, you know, when I was a driver um 10th street was still there you know they, they were rocking it for a long time uh so i had to use the intelli app and, and all my information when i was you know uh, showing someone you know about the pulse and everything and i i used mine pulled it up it had all my information stored in there mm-hmm. from all my previous you know driving positions and so all you do is just basically always updating your resume and yep. not having to find it and then having to add more to it, make sure it's all correct. And, oh, I forgot to add this to Dates. it. Yeah, everything's in there because it is hard sometimes to get, yeah. you know, um, I, I know that you can't have like date gaps and things. And it's, right. You sometimes it's work, yeah, yeah, work all that out. So having the ability to save it all in there mm-hmm. uh, and sign the company releases and sign all of the, the, the ease of it because it, it's all on your phone. Right. Uh, is huge. So tell us more about Pulse and how it benefits a driver with like jobs and things.
0: Okay. So how it benefits um, you as a driver is, you know, when you're looking for a job, uh, besides the fact, I think that you can store everything there, like you're saying, Sean, you know, you can do all of that and that's your profile, you know, so those documents stay with you no matter which company you're at, which is also great. But um, the other thing that is great about using Pulse to ma- find a job is it matches you based on all of those things that we know about you. Right. So but based on your job history, you know, we're going to know what those companies are and what routes are. You know, what are all the things that we know about you? And that's going to give you the best fit for you at the top. Right, so using Pulse to find your job, and so that way you can go to a you know a lot of places and apply for a job. But you know if you're using if you're getting presented with that on Pulse, it's a good fit for you. So it's like okay, I know that these are probably more like jobs that I'm interested in. Right. The other great thing about using 10th Street to apply for a job is that fact that that driver can go to that one place in Driver Pulse, and they can really they can apply to you know over. 3,500 carriers, you know what I mean? With one um, application, that's a big deal, you know, cause you're not having to go to different, you know, you're not having to go to different places. And so you can go and navigate to those different jobs, you know, from one place, from one app. And all of your stuff is there. And then once you put in the app, um, the other part that I love about Pulse for Drivers is you can monitor it as you go along. So, as your recruiter is processing your application, you can receive those updates if you elect to do so. And so, and you can even kind of like message with them back and forth. And so, I think it's so beneficial for drivers looking for a job because it allows you to look for a job through a way that's just for that, you know, that's just what you know to do in 10th street, which is, you know, manage your career. And so it really just allows you to do all aspects of that from one place. And so um, it's really cool for the driver.
2: Yeah. I mean, I remember running a a trucking company uh, in the recruiting department and we used 10th street um, efficiently because that's how we posted our current available jobs that we had, you know, Um, And of course, with using um, that section, you you put the hiring area, the radius, this is the area I want to hire out of Mm -hmm. uh, for the qualifications I'm looking for. And when you submit all that, um, obviously, like you said, when someone's pulling it up, that the the best fits for them and what they're wanting are going to show at the top because that company is going to show up on there if they're in that hiring area. Right. trying to worry about, oh, I, I'm trying to apply with a company that can't even hire me out of this area. You know, right. so It's very beneficial not knowing because you're just researching online and trying to find companies. It can be very tedious and hard.
0: Yeah, for sure. And it takes a long time to fill out an application. I mean, it's not a joke, a DOT application. And so save that shit, you know, fill it out one time, save it. And, you know, then just like you're saying, Sean, update it as your, as your information changes and then resubmit it, you know, so that way you always have it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, uh, obviously we've kind of talked a lot about uh, 10th Street, Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I know you, Probably want to ask a great question about the industry.
0: <laughs> a great one, not a bad one.
1: Great one about the industry. So on top of everything else, what do you think of the current state of this industry? Do you think it's moving forward? What are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, it's a great time to be in trucking, you know, um, it's busy, busy, busy. Right. And all of the events that I've been to this year, um, you know, forecasting, no slowdown, right. Um, likely through 22 is what, you know, really everything that we're hearing. And so that's great. You know, it's great for us, but you know, there's real, um, issues that are impacting our industry and our ability to grow, you know, and we also talk a lot about those things. Um, the drug and alcohol clearinghouse, we haven't talked about yet um, in this program, but that came into effect in 2020. And it's had real impacts, you know, real impacts on our driver market and our workforce. And um, one of the, you know, that's something that's obviously being talked about um, is how do we combat that as an industry, Um, right? You know, 60,000 drivers have been, you know, removed from work, you know, and 50,000 of them have not, completed the SAP process to go back to work. So, you know, that's a unique thing that didn't exist before, you know, that's here now um, that we have to figure out how do we adapt to this? The clearinghouse is great, right? Because it's, you know, keeping our roads safer, but we have to say, what does that look like? So, you know, one of the things that's being looked at and kind of talked about is, you know, um, the technology is being developed of how to me- uh, measure, um, how high you are roadside is really kind of the best way that I can describe it. It's like measures the levels of the THC in your, um, in your body, because, you know, you can do that for alcohol roadside, right? So you can have certain regulations about driving under the influence because you have the ability to, to measure that roadside. You can't have those, those policies as it pertains to marijuana because you don't have the ability to measure it roadside. So it's all about
2: testing and that's about
0: testing. Mm-hmm. It's all about testing. And so, you know, so those are really interesting things that impact our industry that are coming down the pipe. It's like, how will that technology impact, you know, um the driver's return to duty process, you know, and companies' ability, you know, ability to hire drivers, um, you know, or their drug policies, you know, all of those things, you know, as technology develops, you know, changes. Um, changes. And that's what happens, you get regulation, and then you see technology developed, you know, to deal with the regulation, you know, and then we see, we'll see the adaption, you know, and how that, that impacts our industry, you know, things like that. That's certainly something we're talking about a lot.
1: Um, So for somebody who has no idea what Clearinghouse is, and what, you know, I can kind of, I guess, guess, guess the gist of what you're talking about, what does it really mean? Clearinghouse and what what is that?
0: So the Drug and Alcohol Clearinghouse is a um, a database of drug and alcohol violations, basically, and every driver has a drug and alcohol clearinghouse record, right? So if you have a CDL, you are supposed and you're looking for a job, right? You are supposed to register for the clearinghouse and then create your record. And what that allows companies to do is query your drug and alcohol violations for the last three years. And so that went into effect on January 6th, 2020. And so from that date forward, all drug and alcohol violations were supposed to be reported to this clearinghouse and at different levels, right? Reported by the MRO, which is the medical review officer. They have certain requirements, right? The company has certain requirements. The driver has certain requirements. And so it's built this database of records, right? Of these violations that are different, right? Than some of the violations that you might be able to verify through of those other traditional reports or employment verifications that we were doing before the drug and alcohol clearinghouse, right, because of the requirement to report it. Um, And it kind of closes some loopholes that existed before, right? But so, so it's a, it's a pretty powerful database, you know, because everybody's reporting to it. And then before a company can hire you, they have to run this query, which is a full query. And that means that, The driver has to go into the clearinghouse and release the information to every carrier that they apply for. So that the carrier has to register
2: and making sure you are registered on there Mm -hmm. helps the uh, hiring process uh,
0: go through quickly. Right. Yeah. And We have a video, um, on pulse about, you know, how to register for the clearinghouse as a driver. Um, you know, then, so you can access those training videos, but yes, like if you're, um, going, if you have a CDL, you know, go ahead and register. If you're in truck driving school, register, you know, for the clearinghouse, you need to get that clearinghouse record created because you can't get hired until the company that you want to go to work for has that report in your DQF file.
2: Obviously. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. That's huge. Um, and and then uh, I know you're going to, to talk some more about, uh, you know, the industry as well. But uh, side note here, uh, I know you probably heard about the 18 to 21 year olds. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. What's that?
0: The Drive Safe Act. So the Drive Safe Act is... Um, what would allow um 18 to 20 year olds to get a cdl for interstate commerce so right now you know you have to be 21 to drive over state lines which is really silly right because you can drive the whole state of texas but you can't drive from rhode island to connecticut you know so that hopefully those states border one another there's my you know geography (laughs) lesson for the day, Um, you know, so it would remove that through training, you know, through a certain type of process with different things required. And that is attached in the latest infrastructure bill, you know, the Drive Safe Act is, you know, was attached, you know, to the infrastructure bill. So that's moving forward. Um, which is good. You know, we'll have to see obviously, you know, what that looks like, Um, but it's moving forward and hopefully will help us. I mean, we lose a lot of drivers. I mean, you can't become a driver right when you graduate high school, you have to go do something else first, right? We lose a lot of people, um, you know, because of that. And so um, how can we close that gap? And, you know, we have, 18 year olds that go to war and, you know, defend our country. And so, um, you know, we really, as an industry, we really support it. I mean, ATA and TCA both, you know, support the 18, you know, the drive safe act and, you know, moving that forward. So.
2: That's huge. I've been preaching it for forever. Um, And and I say that because, you know, everyone wants to bring up the driver shortage. Everybody wants to bring up, uh, you know, clearinghouse or all, all of these, these items. And to me, the biggest Um, issue is obviously trucking has been along for a long time. Everybody that started off in trucking is either retiring or, you know, no longer in it. So you've got this new generations and generations that come into it. Well, you know, if I, if I go to high school and I want to get a job after school, I either have to go to college, like you said, or I got to start a career and the problem comes with, okay, I start a career at what point does it not work that I switch to trucking, and right. be, you know, 40, 50 years old before they actually decide? Oh, let me do trucking when we're missing yeah. out on that huge area right there.
0: What a great time to be an over the road driver, by the way. You know, because you're young, you don't have any commitments or attachments most of the time. You could just be out there making money, saving money. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I mean, that's a great time, I think, you know, to be a truck driver in your and life.
2: Your experience, get to get, mm-hmm, you know, yeah. build a, a big bank account at the same time and yes. have no issues or worries and yeah. and, and travel. Yeah. But at the same time, then now I'm, you know, 22, 23 25 yeah. and I'm going to settle down now. Well, I've, I've already got three to five years experience. Now that local job with better pay,
0: there it is. Yeah, Absolutely.
1: I know. It's almost like you have to fail in a career before you get into trucking. And that's so, you know, like why? Yeah. Why is trucking have to be a second chance kind of career? Why can't it just be that first thing that you want to do when you leave? Yeah, school? I mean, because
2: it pays mo- more than most of the jobs that you yeah. go. I mean, people go to uh, technical college or um, secondary and then they go through it. And there's no job at the end. So now what do they do? You know, they've just wasted, you know, so much money and time. Mm -hmm. And then there was no real good paying job. So now what, whereas trucking is a good paying job at the end. So why can't it be first and and people take advantage of it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of things that, I mean, and that's definitely something, you know, um, you talk about, what are we doing at conventions? That's something we talk a lot about and, you know, we spend a lot of time and, money as an industry and effort and energy, you know, lobbying for things like this, you know, that's a big piece of what ATA does. You know, we do participate in like the calls on Washington calls on the Capitol, you know, with different associations. And that's where we are going to congressmen and senators, and we're having these conversations. And we're saying, just exactly like we're talking about, look, this is what we're facing as an industry. This is what you know, how do we Get this happen, you know, what training can we do? How do we make these things happen? You know, so we're go, you know, that's what these associations, that's what they're doing. And so we're fighting that fight, you know, every day.
2: Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Any, yeah. Anything else exciting that you can think of?
0: <laughs> um football season. I'm excited about that. You know, so yeah. Roll tide, you know, I'll say that.
2: Oh, get out of here with that. <laughs> get out of here with that.
0: Oh, uh, you know, I got to always talk about football if I can. So,
2: yeah, and you're out there in the, in the, in the,
0: in Oklahoma. Yeah. I know. Oh, like
2: that. that's like football country out there. You it go.
0: is. Yeah. It is full country. I went to the University <laughs> of Tulsa, though, you know, so it's not a big football college. So I'm free game on the football field in front. <laughs> and I say, roll tide.
2: Yeah, it's okay. She likes Tom Brady. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> what is wrong with
0: God? I'm also a Giants fan, so, you know, there you go. Oh, we just became all
2: of the enemies. <laughs> you know, Texas. Uh, oh, gosh. It's, it's, since I was at two. Well,
0: Cowboys. that's where I live in Cowboys country. You know, you know, everybody here is a Cowboys fan, but um, my family's from New Jersey, so they come by it naturally, right? I grew up watching the Giants. Ah. Sweet baby Eli.
2: Oh, man. <laughs>
0: Toy eggman, that's, how I that. <laughs> that's how old I am. Don't don't say that. Oh, that's funny.
2: Well, good deal. I appreciate you coming on.
0: Yeah, thank you guys Absolutely. so much. Was fun.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and honestly, we've we've got to, to handle a lot of uh, industry topics there that have uh, ed- educate a lot of people on yeah. what happens behind the scenes. Well, good. Um, appreciate your involvement and in, and in trucking industry and helping get some of these things to help drivers. Um, and you know, thank you again for coming on.
1: Yeah, thank you for giving us that info of behind the scenes of what happens after a driver has submitted an application. What happens then? And that was really, really, really nice to know that all these different reports are being pulled and that's why you're not able to, to you know, misinform someone mm-hmm. because a form will be pulled or a document <laughs> or a reporting and, and it will be found. So yes. it just might yes. as well.
2: Can't hide.
0: So let me show this one last thing is that as a recruiter, I I have to say it, right? Just tell the truth. I mean, trucking companies can work with a lot of things, a lot. And I promise you, you're not going to tell them something they haven't heard before. So just be honest, you know, because get it out there and let and see what they can do. They will find out eventually. So it doesn't benefit you, you know, to, to not tell them up front.
2: Yeah. Or, or give them excuses as to what right. happened versus taking responsibility. This is it. it this is what it yeah. is. This is where I'm heading now. It, it goes over a lot better.
0: Absolutely. Well, I mean,
1: you just said Clearinghouse caught 60,000 drivers and dropped them. I mean, they thought they were cleared for a good time. <laughs> and out of nowhere, they had no jobs at the end of the day. So, yeah. <laughs> so they'll definitely be found. So it's really good to know what those things are and what to look out for and how you should act. Um, You know, you can't hide.
2: (laughs) Well, we lost you just real briefly there real quick. You froze on us. We're right back. Sorry. Uh, But I know we were finishing up here. Uh, Definitely appreciate, like I said before um, you joining us and anything else you want to say before we end this uh, special episode.
0: Mm-hmm. just thank you guys so much for having me. This is really cool. And, you know, if there's anything you guys want to hear about, you know, let us know and I'm happy to come back on and talk about um, anything that I can help, help inform on.
2: Awesome. Thank you very yeah. much.
0: Yeah. Right.
2: Keep uh, keep getting those uh, drivers uh, to their jobs and those carriers rolling. Right. We, uh, we appreciate all you do.
0: Thanks guys.
2: Well, that concludes our episode of Just Truck It with Marilyn here. So we appreciate you all tuning in. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Yes. Watch out for future you know, videos that we're going to have with more important players in the industry. We're going to have yes. some people on from the safety side. We're going to have even a company owner on eventually. So there's going to be a lot of great episodes coming to you. So stay tuned. Yes. And comment. Don't
1: forget, comment our questions. So we can definitely address them and let you know all that fun information in Trucking World.
2: Exactly. So tune in and just truck it. It.